today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, I'm joined by CityCast Madison's executive producer, Molly Stentz, and newsletter editor, Haley Sperling. What's to come? Starbucks workers walked out this week over union contracts. State lawmakers are trying to overhaul liquor laws. Might that make it harder to have a barn wedding? And UW-Madison is still fighting for a new engineering building. It's Friday, November 17th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's time for the Great Friday News Roundup, and I'm back from assignment, y'all. And hey, if you're new here, welcome. Nice to have you. We talk all about news and life in Madison. Glad you're here. It's been a warm week. Lots of heated activism, barn raising, and for those who celebrate, it's high Scorpio season. I'm selfishly pointing that out as tomorrow is my birthday. The big three, two, 32. Joining me this week is the wonderful captain of our pod, Molly Stentz. Molly, hello. Hey, hey, happy early birthday. Glad to have you back. Thank you. So good to be back. And our queen of the newsletter scene, Haley Sperling. Hiya, Haley. Hi, Bianca. Scorpio queen. Good morning. (laughs) Yes, shout out to all the Scorpios. So, Haley, you're kicking us off this week with a hot story, hot tea or hot coffee. It is some hot tea or hot coffee, if you prefer. Um, So this week, Starbucks workers all across the nation went on strike on Red Cup Day, which is November 16th. Um, And in Madison, we were not immune to it. Actually, in Madison, the State Street and Capitol stores also went on strike on Wednesday, just to get people kind of like pumped up for the big strike on on the 16th. A pre-strike? Pretty much, pretty much. So Starbucks essentially, for those who don't know, Red Cup Day is one of Starbucks' most profitable days of the year. It's when they give away thousands of those reusable holiday-themed cups uh, when customers buy a drink. So you see people walking around the street with a bunch of red cups, pretty self-explanatory. But apparently it's also a very, very miserable day to be a Starbucks employee, you know, shockingly or not. It's it's an issue that staff have complained about for a long time. Uh, and staff at the State Street shop specifically have really had issues with understaffing recently. So again, in protest of those issues and in fighting for a fair working contract, unionized stores across the nation, of which there are more than 300, walked off. They walked off the job on November 16th, and they are really just trying to get people's attention. Um, One of the union organizers for the State Street store, Abigail Marcus, she recently told Ismus something like very sad. She said, People are really mean waiting for those cups. People are really impatient waiting for those cups. It makes the most miserable day to be a worker at Starbucks. And it's a really good day to shut it down and get the word out. So yeah, things are rough for 
are the Starbucks baristas, and I really feel for them. Um, at State Street Shop specifically, you know, they have been they've been asking their corporate like liaisons for some help when it comes to staffing, but they're also asking for you know more opportunities for like staff safety. So recently, they had asked for like a sharps disposal container uh, in the bathroom, so like a place where people can dispose of needles, whatever, uh, because they said it's been an issue. They said at the State Street location specifically, like they will find sharps just like in the toilet or in the trash can, which is wow incredibly dangerous. Yeah, for for everyone, especially in such a highly trafficked location, State Street, like that's the heart of Madison. It's a very busy location. Uh, so they had put in a request to get one of those, like, you know, just plastic disposals um, where people can drop their needles if they need to. But that request was ultimately denied. And the Starbucks communications folk, they said they did not find circumstances that quote unquote rose to the level that qualifies for a Sharps container at the store. Despite the fact that like employees are continually asking for this and are saying, yes, this is a problem. So that's just like one, one of the things that, that these folks were protesting in their walkout. We are shaking our head right now. Jeez Louise, is it really that much of an ask? If I mean, just knowing right. the base of State Street, knowing, you know, the issues, if people are saying, why, why would you ask for something like that unless you need it? And these are not like a new rare thing, right? They're in every quick trip bathroom, right? You know, like little plastic containers on the wall that you see in gas yeah. stations. This isn't like a, a new thing, right? No, like it's it seems like a very reasonable ask. And yet they're just like, nope, sorry. And so the State Street store, they voted for a union and some of the are are they unionized now? They're they're up and running or, or what's the status there? The State Street store, they they voted to unionize back in April. And then the Capitol Square store did the same last year. So those are the two unionized Starbucks in Madison right now. Um, but like I said, nationwide, there's more than 300 of them. Starbucks has really been trying to play it down. And the fact that they're just like, they're, these, this only represents a few of our stores or whatnot. You know, either way, 300 stores. That's That's a lot of coffee. And like I said, despite the fact that there are hundreds of unionized stores, um, none of them have contracts. None of them have working contracts. Uh, so that's what they're really pushing for with this Red Cup Day walkout because they're trying to disrupt the system. And I truly say more power to them. And so if you if you want to find a coffee shop, that doesn't cross the picket line. Thankfully, there are a lot in Madison that you can go to. Right on State Street, you know, you have Michelangelo's. Uh, we also, you know, down the street, there's Bradbury's, there's Wonder State. There's so, so many good options for local coffee in Madison. And I actually have a list of them if you go to madison.citycast.fm. And we'll put a link in the show notes too, maybe. <laughs> nice. I also saw that the State Street location, they filed a federal unfair labor practice charge against Starbucks like at the end of last month. And the National Labor Relations Board, uh, the federal agency, said it didn't have sufficient staff to deal with a historic influx of those types of cases. Like we are seeing a growth in uni unionizing movements. Um, certainly we've been seeing that here, you know, true stage, lots, lots of activity going on. So um, yeah, also you guys be nice to the Starbucks 
if you're gonna go don't absolutely be, rude. Be, be so nice to all of your baristas these are be nice to your service employees please tip your bartenders tip your baristas it will come back to you tenfold well before we dive into any more news we can take a quick break All righty. So from hot tea to raising some some energy around barns, what's going on in the in the barn scene, Molly? Yeah. Well, like what could be more quintessential Wisconsin experience than going to a barn wedding? Right. Like this has been become a popular thing to do. Right. Like have your wedding outside on a bucolic farm, gorgeous trees, like dancing outside under the stars or in a big old dairy barn with little twinkly lights. I feel like we've all done it. I haven't done it yet, but it is on it's on my my list. Dang. <laughs> well, it could be harder if the state government has its way because there is some legislation that has moved through state government. So the assembly passed it back in the summer and the Senate just passed it now. And it's part of this whole package to overhaul liquor laws in our state. And there was this provision kind of tacked on there that would regulate wedding barns. So these are like folks that rent out. Oftentimes they're like retired dairy farms because we know Dairy farms are dying in our state. It's been harder and harder for folks to make a living. So a lot of places have turned to, hey, like we could rent out this barn. People could come enjoy the countryside, right? Like have their wedding. A lot of people have family, you know, family, friends want to have a wedding outside on a farm. And so far, I would say it hasn't been a huge deal, but it has been a growing fight. There have been lawsuits about it and there's been tension around it. Because, dun, 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 big liquor. <laughs> we have um, an extremely powerful liquor lobby in our state. I mean, it almost feels like dumb to say it out loud because it feels so obvious. But it's, you know, everybody knows Wisconsin and liquor are, are friends. Yeah. When people know that saying, it's like beer before liquor, never been sicker, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're a drinking state. <laughs> yeah. Drink Wisconsinably. That's the new state motto. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. They're trying to moderate it. They're trying to moderate it. So we've got this group called the Tavern League, right? Because you might be like, all right, what is the deal? Like, who would be against a barn wedding? Because that was kind of my impression at first. Like, who would be against apple pie? I don't know. But anyway. The Tavern League is because their members are bar owners and oftentimes they're like banquet owners, right? They own facilities and they're putting a bunch of money into their places and they're subject to regulation. And they're like, these guys are competing with us and it's not fair. And they're incredibly powerful. What about the free market, man? Good question. (laughs) How is it not fair? (laughs) If if they got something you don't got, get one too. (laughs) Basically... You know, this area has operated in kind of it's been unregulated, right? Like if you've got a bar, if you got a farm and you want to have a wedding, like nobody's going to tell you you can't do it. That's kind of been a thing that people have been doing for time immemorial, having parties on their own land. Right. But this law, should it be enacted, would do just that. It would require wedding barns to get a permit. And if they wanted to hold more than a few a year, 
they would have to get liquor licenses. So they'd ba- basically have to be considered to operate like a full-time, regular, full-scale um, liquor establishment. Which is costly. Yeah. And that's not really what they do. They don't actually sell liquor, right? <laughs> like, unlike bars, they're generally, they're just operating a farm and they're basically renting it out to people who like, you know, will bring the officiant, they'll bring, you know, a caterer, they'll bring the DJ, right? That's not what they're doing. I have come across some like barns that are like, they that's their thing. Like it's like a barn and they do their thing. But a lot of them are probably not that way. Like it's sort of like um, an every now and then sort of thing. That's what you're saying. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why, right? Like people want to be outside. People want to have a connection to nature or they kind of just want to keep their costs down. Like, you know, they want to be able to do something that's close that can hold a bunch of people, but maybe not break the bank. If you've got a friend that can bartend for you, you know, a friend that can DJ for you. It can be an affordable way to go. But under this proposal, it would become a lot more costly. And so a lot of people who own wedding barns are freaking out right now or who own farms that even do this. It's interesting. I remember when these this sort of was coming forward, the whole overhaul of the liquor, you know, brewery scene. And I remember hearing about the wedding bar- barn component and thinking that it was one of it was like collateral damage, like it was almost just in there because it seems so random. Like, OK, well, how is this the big part? But it sounds like it, it might. It's actually even intentional. Yeah, I think it's a story of politics in Wisconsin. And I think it's been a kind of growing resentment on the part of the Tavern League that they feel like it's unfair competition and they want these farms to be regulated the way their businesses are regulated. It's been going on for years, but now they got the legislature to do what they want, I would say. So that is what happened. But what WWED, what will Evers do? We don't know. Oh my God. (laughs) You like that. This is a barn raising for sure. <laughs> yes. What will he do? <laughs> so it's a, it's going to the governor and it'll be up to him to decide. Now, like we mentioned, it's 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 one part of this big package. So will he veto it? We don't know. But that's what's going on. I mean, you know, one place I have never and will probably never go to a wedding is the UW Engineering Building. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe after they get their funding, if that ever happens, maybe it'll be so fancy you have but no choice. Maybe you can be under the stars. And <laughs> Basically, uh, State Assembly Speaker Robin Voss and the Republican-led legislature chose again to hold up funds for a new engineering building. It is one of UW-Madison's top priorities. Uh, Governor Evers earmarked funds for the project in his 2023-2025 budget, but the legislature cut them back in June. So university officials since uh, have been working up a plan. They just offered that new plan this month to regain the lost funds, but Voss isn't going for it. Uh, He doesn't think it's a priority, and we'll get into that. But I think first, let's talk about the need that uh, the new engineering building is to fill. It's going to be much bigger. The number of engineering students applying to UW exceeds the space for them. And so if with the bigger building, there will be opportunity to... uh, 
build the best and the brightest and uh, have more engineering students go through the UW-Madison's educational system. And a UW official said filling the extra seats shouldn't be a problem because 8,550 students applied to UW-Madison last year, and that was for one of 1,200 spots in the freshman class. So a lot of interest and... The business community is getting behind the call for funding for this new building because engineering is a very hot commodity. Being Having an engineering degree and engineering expertise and skills is very, very hot right now. The call is there. Um, Voss is holding it up. You know my question? I'm like, okay, if they're engineers, why can't they figure out how to just add on to their existing building? (laughs) They've got a bunch of really neat buildings, I'd have to say. As someone who was a humanities, (laughs) letters and science (laughs) graduate, I am thinking, they need a new engineering building? Are you kidding me? They got the finest stuff on campus. (laughs) Why don't they go up? I mean, I will say their parking lot aces for going to Union South have used that so many times. Um, They have that hidden little parking lot. It's a gem. Oh, you're right. So they should build their way out of this project (laughs) or problem. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, could they build up? Because I I just feel like we've heard so often from local projects that like anytime you bid out a new building, it always is more expensive than you think. But if you retrofit an existing building or you add on to an existing building or you build some extra floors, it's less expensive. So just idle curiosity. They may have thought that one through. (laughs) So if you're listening, let us know. (laughs) Um, But also, doesn't Madison have like uh, a cap? Isn't there a cap for how tall your building can go? It can't be taller than the Capitol. There are rules. Yeah. But hey, I like, that's the thing, innovation. And you know what fuels innovation? Education. (laughs) Um, So, but this is a a serious thing. So it's all wrapped up in these budget jockeying uh, activities that the legislature is in with UW system. So right now, this engineering building is a project where UW secured $100 million in donor funds, and they were expecting funding from the state. They need $199 million from the state. And once approved, now it's in limbo. And they're hoping not to lose that donor backing as well, like as the months go on and the time goes on. And if this project gets pushed, you know, even, you know, even later um, to the next legislative session, like it could go up to $400 million. So as we know, costs keep getting more expensive. People are not happy, and Voss has a couple of reasons why he says he doesn't want to give the money. Number one, he's saying that the UW system has a bloated staff. He says that they've entered 1,700 new employees at a time when enrollment is dropping or staying the same. And as we've talked about many times on the podcast, um, there's he has an issue with a lot of the diversity, equity, and inclusion programming and staff um, in the UW system. Also, apparently last month, he suggested wanting legislative oversight over future UW system hires. And in exchange, he'll fund the UW system employee raises that are currently on hold. So there's a lot kind of tied up in this. And <laughs> there's some UW officials saying, hey, that, that peripheral stuff, that's other stuff. Give us our building. (laughs) But it is all it's all baked in. This to me is one of those situations where I'm just like, I don't understand why you are veering into this lane. And I mean, like you as in Robin Voss, you know, I understand 
that university funding is very complex. And this is something that Rebecca Blank, RIP, like she really struggled with. And she really tried to be the diplomat in terms of like, courting our state legislature in order to get the money that UW needs. And now, you know, the university is in this kind of precarious place because we have a new chancellor who might not be as politically adept as Becky was uh, in dealing with these legislators. But it's also just like when Voss says you that that the university system has a bloated staff and declining enrollment like that's just kind of blatantly false like they've had a hiring freeze and also enrollment is actually up for the first time in like 14 years but across the system universities enrollment is up uh and of course like uw has never had a problem maintaining its enrollment numbers if anything like they need the space the engineering program is very respected, but it's also kind of coming to it, it's it's falling the same way as as humanities is, right? Like you have a state of the art student body and faculty, but you don't have a building or facility to back it up. You know, the humanities building is falling apart. We've talked about that on the podcast before. Straight up terrifying. Truly, truly. And the engineering building, like, I mean, I had like social science classes in the engineering building for some unholy reason. And I was like, this is not a great place. Like this is not a place where I would spend extra tuition dollars to spend my time. And like, I know that to uh, engineering students, like their tuition is more expensive because they are in the engineering program. Like my brother was an engineer at UW and I remember like his <laughs> tuition was more expensive because of his major. Um, and clearly if they've raised a hundred million dollars from donors, like this is something that people want to happen. That's not a ne- negligible amount of money. That's kind of crazy. So this is, uh, this is another interesting crossroads for the battle between UW facilities and the state legislature. And it's very frustrating to see the two get so tangled up in this way because I just, I don't get it. I do get it, but I don't get it. It's just so frustrating. And like you said, every day, every month, every year that these projects drag on longer, the price tag doubles, you know? And then we are just, we're digging a hole that we can't get ourselves out of because we couldn't agree to something when when we had the chance. Man, speaking of lawmakers, gotta give a shout out to Kelly Meyerhofer of the Journal Sentinel who called every lawmaker 132 offices to try to ask the question like, how you gonna vote? What's your deal? Maybe shocking, not shocking. Many, many, many of them were like, we're not saying, you can't make me say. Crickets. Hmm. Queen, Kelly kicks ass. I love that. She's doing the work. Support the (laughs) Journal Sentinel. We're not all friends. We're all supposed to be good colleagues, though. We should all work together to be the best for the public. But speaking of colleagues, yeah, you could be ours. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) One last little bit of news before we go. We are hiring. Do we have a bloated staff? I don't think so. I don't think so. They're they're bloated with talent and light and love (laughs) and specialness. We are looking for a full-time producer to work on this very podcast. So if you heard us talk about it, if you thought about it, and you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I should look at that. This is your sign to do it actually now because the job closes on Monday. So get your app in now. 
And basically what the job is, is you're coming up with ideas, people we should talk to. You're finding all of the cool people in town that we need to know, introducing us, doing research, bringing stories that matter to Madison. So if you love audio, you want to work with us, send it in. Yes, this job is a gift, and my colleagues are absolute tremendous human beings. Molly Stentz, Haley Sperling, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm your host, Bianca Martin. This week, we're produced by Molly Stentz, Dylan Brogan, Alexandra McMahon, AKL Moatman, and Elizabeth Kama. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. And hey, if you want me to read your name in these credits, get your application in by Monday. Check out citycast.fm slash jobs, or just scroll down and find a link to the job ad. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter, Madison Minutes. That's by Haley Sperling and Natalia Aldana. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who likes their coffee hot? See you back here Monday morning with more stories from around the city. Until then. <laughs>